That's the sound of AG approved. That's a program we have here at KDXU in which I inspect your product, your service, maybe your food. And if I find it to be of superior quality, we give it the AG approved stamp of approval. Today's AG approved uh, client is Robert J. DeBryan Associates. You know, that's a company you can trust. They're AG approved because they genuinely care about their clients and our community. They're Utah's original personal injury law firm, and they've been in St. George for well, more than two decades now. Your local attorney here is Jared Casper. You can hear him every Tuesday morning at 7.55 right here on KDXU. Jared and Robert DeBry and Associates are AG approved. You can check them out at robertdebry.com. Every weekday morning at 9, Andy Griffin brings in the most relevant guests, tackles the top issues, and lets your voice be heard. Only, Only. on KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Good morning to you. It's just about eight minutes after 9 a.m. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in to the program. A sunshiny but cold morning here in Utah's Dixie. And it's a cold world out there right now if you want to say something and not be censored. With me today is Brian Hyde. Brian Hyde Show on the weekends here in the KDXU, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. both Saturday and Sunday. And you can catch, uh, you know, when I listen to the podcast, Brian's at uh, thebrianhydeshow.com. Welcome, Brian. Hey, good to catch up with you. Thank Anything you. interesting happened since the last time we talked? <laughs> Let's see. That would have been a week ago. I'm thinking oh, there was man. oh, there was playoff games in football. That's what you're talking about, right? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> no, I man, the the, the the things are changing right in front of our eyes, aren't they? It's it's unbelievable. Of course, uh, I mean, we we don't mean mean to make light of a, obviously one a tragic situation in Washington D.C. and and some of the things that happened there, but. Uh, a lot of the the things that are happening in the wake of that are are shocking. I just got a, a text from my son saying that sponsors are pulling money from politicians who voted against the certification. Uh, wow! And, and uh, you actually told me just a moment ago something that I was a little bit stunned by. You want to you want to go over that again? Yeah, just uh, pointing out that uh, Cirrus Communications, which is the home to some of the the bigger, more recognizable names in talk radio, uh, Dan Bongino, uh, Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin. You probably heard those names. Um, but I guess as a company, they've sent a, they've sent a memo out saying any of our on-air hosts who espouse those views on air about uh, the election having been tampered with or having been stolen, you know, you need to start planning for your separation from this company right now. What do you think, Brian? is and by the way that's stunning and we run levin and shapiro live right here on kdxu uh what do you think is the number one motivator behind all this um i i i don't want to believe that they just want to censor the conservative voice it 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 can't be just that can it well i think that's that is part of a larger picture which is this is about power I mean, and it, it's always been about power. This is this is human nature at work here. You give someone a little bit of power, and it seems like, wow, more power would be even better. So it, this is not like, oh, man, you know, this is unprecedented in human history. There's a lot of power at stake in Washington, D.C. And, and I'm going to float an idea that I understand a lot of people may disagree with, but it's just a, kind of a what-if scenario. What if there was so much power at stake in Washington, D.C., that – a person who couldn't be counted on to play along with that power or to, to uh, basically stay within whatever the goals of that, uh, that power, that uh, consolidated power. I'm not talking one party or the other. They're in D.C. Some of them are elected. Many of them are not. But what if they had a person in there who 
they couldn't count on to do what uh, what was in line with their I'm going to use the words agenda, but if there's something softer, fill that in. I think that uh, you know they would hate that person. They would rail against him. Mm-hmm. They would certainly say there's no way in the world he could be elected president until he was. And then they would spend the next four years raging, uh, conniving, trying to come up with any way to dislodge or discredit him to where he was no longer a threat to their ambitions for more power. And when he comes up for re-election, I mean, I'm, I'm a trusting guy, Andy. But I have a hard time believing that those same people could just set aside their differences and make this the most honest and above-board election in American history. You know, we, I we, think there are some really serious questions. We've seen so many movies about this type of intrigue, and you know, most lay people, myself included, say, "Well, those are movies. That doesn't really happen. At least not to that extent." There's a movie. It was a Jack Ryan movie. Harrison Ford played the character Jack Ryan, and. Uh, Toward the end of the toward the end of the movie, he uh, he had exposed some some pretty nasty stuff going on in the presidential administration, and the president called him into his office and he said, "Hey, you know, you've got Jack, you've got a you've got a chip in the big game now, so you just need to hold on to your chip, and when the time is right, you can play it, and and, and we'll and we'll let you pass, we'll let you slide." And and Harrison Ford walked out of the room and he said, "I'm sorry, Mr. President, I don't play games." And uh, that, that kind of reminds me of what you're talking about. you got a guy in, in, in Washington, D.C. who doesn't play the games that they've all been playing for, well, I don't, I don't know how long, Brian. How long have they been playing these games? Forever? A, a long time. But within the last 110 years or so, um, let's just say the games became more and more fixed in favor of those in power. Mm. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment that uh, Donald Trump is our political savior. Um, I think he has acted as a very effective friction against the momentum of that uh, establishment machine and consolidating power and wealth to itself and its cronies and, and doing so at the expense of taxpayers and at the expense of, you know, a lot of our freedoms. Um, but again, that's the nature of power. And I just I look at the efforts right now to not only, you know, rebuke this man who apparently did not win reelection. I can now safely say president elect Biden because the, the electoral uh, college count has, has been certified but they want to destroy him they want they want to hold impeachment they want to remove him from office nine days before his office was out uh, it just this this is going almost off the well it is off the rails as far as it's almost total war against who they perceive as their political opponents which unfortunately is a lot of people who don't end their na- their prayers in the name of donald trump but but recognize that something very wrong has happened between our government and the people yeah. And it needs to be corrected. And now they're being told, you're a terrorist if you think that way. There was, uh, I, I imagine in my mind, there was a conversation with some of the, um, I don't know, uh, the, the insiders that, that you're talking about with Donald Trump when he got elected. And he came in, he said, I'm going to do this and this and this. And they said, you will not do those things or we will destroy you. We will destroy your presidency. We will destroy your personal life. We will destroy your business life. And it started now with his business life. Uh, uh, business uh, life. His uh, couple of sponsors have now pulled out uh, one of the golf uh, PGA golf tour events that was to, to take place at one of Trump's golf courses. They said they're not going to do that uh, anymore. Uh, it, it doesn't stop with trying to get him out, Brian. It seems like to me they are going to now try and destroy Donald Trump's life. It's 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 pretty hair raising to me. And, and by, by extension, they're going to try to destroy those who supported him, those who 
maybe didn't support him, but nonetheless agreed with what he was doing, or those of us who just simply appreciated that finally there was a counter force to that, uh, you know, Leviathan that's been growing in Washington, D.C. for so long. I mean, I don't think he was going to solve the problems. And I'm not saying this to be mean or, or to, to sound like because I'm all that. But there, it was clear Trump did not really understand a lot about good government or freedom. Um, he was elected as a populist. He was elected, you know, when the people got fed up enough. Mm-hmm. That's why he became president in 2016. I think he probably would have won this time. But, the, uh, you know... Uh, I don't know how to say it other than there's a lot of smoke. I can't tell you where the flames are, but I have been <laughs> smelling smoke, and I know I'm not the only one who's like, something is just not quite right. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's shift it back to the censorship part of things, Brian. Um, it, it's stunning to me that – and you and I have been in media our whole lives, right? Our whole adult lives we've been involved in media. Yes. Uh, I, I've always bristled when – a, a boss, especially a boss that's not in the editorial side of things, a money guy, I always like to call him, comes in and tells me what I can and cannot either write a story about or broadcast about uh, on, on, you know, on my venue, on my media venue. Uh, and yet there are times when the boss comes in and says, you will not do this, and there's not a lot you can do. If you want to keep your job, you don't do that. That's, that's kind of what I'm feeling right now. And, and maybe Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin, Dan Bongino, maybe those guys are going to lose their jobs in the next couple of days. It's very possible. And, and I'm going to ask you, would that be the worst thing? And hmm. I'm not saying that from the standpoint of, you know, it, it would, it's going to be a, it's, it's an ugly thing for them. But in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, them losing their job rather than uh, putting the muzzle on and, and parroting, Whatever the approved, the authentic, the official line is, because the only place I the only places I have ever heard of or have studied that historically have existed that had an official version. This is the only version you can approve. Anything else, you know, not allowed. Were the totalitarian ones. Mm-hmm. Tell me that this doesn't move us quickly in that direction. That's that's why I think people should be paying more attention to this than you know the rowdiness of the Capitol. I, I don't even know that it rises to the level of a riot. It was ugly. I think it was ill-advised. But, you know, maybe I've set the bar kind of high after watching month after month after month of cities in America burning to the ground, you know, to, to say, yeah, that was a riot, too, because it didn't, it didn't really seem to compare. Your, your, your words about totalitarianism, the word, the name Pravda came to my mind as, as soon as right. you said that. The Soviet Union and, and them not only... Uh, uh, telling them what to do about the news, but creating news out of thin air, thin air that fits their agenda. Yeah, I mean, they had people whose job was to make sure that the news that was reported was exactly, you know, what you were allowed to think. And, of course, you know, the joke was the Russian people, you know, Pravda. Yes, I read it in Pravda. That was there of saying, you know, I, I picked it up out of something in the pastures I was walking by. They, they knew that was kind of their inside joke that uh, Pravda, I think, means truth, if I'm not mistaken. So. <laughs> That's it was, it's, you know, they, they understood the, the parody there. Yeah, and the irony. Now, so are, are we going to have to have, or is it even possible, is it too late that we have a, you know, college student in front, student in front of the tank in China moment? Is, is, is it even possible at this point to stop this gigantic freight train from rolling down the hill? I don't think it is possible to stop much of what is in motion. And I don't say that to be fatalistic. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been through similar experiences, similar gateways, if you will, in our, in our history. 
Um, look back at the time of the American Revolution. That was no picnic. And the, the period that followed it, the founding period, but that was, a, that was a time of change. And everything looked different on the other side of that change than it did beforehand. And we saw that during the Civil War and Reconstruction. We saw it actually during World War II and the Great Depression. And then the, what followed, the, the whole world looked different after World War II ended. So we're in a crisis right now. I don't know how it's going to end. I don't have control of that. But what I do have control over is I can be learning from what I'm watching. In other words, paying close attention to the decisions people are making. So that if they make a good decision, I know that's a good way to go. If they make a bad one, I know don't do that. We have and the, then just try to be. A, yeah, go ahead. And just try to be the best example of solid character through that crisis, whatever it may be, that you can. That's how you get a you know the best possible outcome over things you absolutely cannot control. We're seeing Brian real censorship at a national level now. Uh, not not to, and you can make it. Well, Twitter that's a public thing. It's a or rather it's a private company. You can make all your arguments, Facebook, whatever. Uh, but when when you know radio stations or or, or or media magnets are telling their people what they can't say on the air, that's a that's a, a whole different animal. Uh, Brian, that's a national level. What about local level? I mean, you're an independent contractor. You're a podcaster. You're a guy that sells himself. Yeah. Uh, financially, if they do that to you, it could ruin you. It could, you could be out of the, you know, podcasting business. Is it going to affect you? Is it going to affect me who I have a daily talk show here in conservative bastion, St. George, Utah, are these things going to hit us? I don't mean to scare you, Andy, but you are more vulnerable right now than I am. And that's simply because you are, you are working for a company and, and a good company that I'm sure is trying to do the right by everybody. They're, they're, their shareholders, their their audiences, the communities they serve. But the pressure that you see being brought to bear could conceivably be brought on your company to where they feel like, look, we have no choice but to tell you. You either shut up about this or you're done. Um, that's, they have, there's some leverage that can be used against them. Now, I'm, I'm not saying I'm totally in the clear. I'm vulnerable too. But I'm also very independent of any particular social media platform, um, you know, this, the great blessing of what I've had to learn in the last three and a half, four years is how to build a platform where truth can be spoken without having to wear a corporate muzzle and without any apology. Then it's just a matter of, you know, trying to fill it up with the best, you know, the best message that you can. But, uh, you know, as we saw with Parler, even your servers can be vulnerable if you're not careful. So I don't know. Yeah. The squeeze may come, but we're both at risk. Yeah, for for sure. I uh, you're scaring me a little bit, Brian. Uh, I, I can I can tell you this. I'm not. So somebody asked me, well, how would you react if your if your company said you you know you've got to you've got to let this go. You've got to not talk about it. And and I didn't know the answer. I, I you know I've spent a couple of days thinking about it. And, and uh, Brian, on Friday we had in my mind one of the best shows we've ever had on on the Andy Griffin show. We had open lines. We talked about. I actually spent the first twenty minutes just talking about. Uh, my feelings about how we got played on, you know, on election day and, and on, and since then and how we got played at the Capitol, how, you know, in my opinion, there were instigators that were not Trump uh, backers who started the, the entire mess that happened on last Wednesday. Uh, we had a great conversation, must've taken 15, 20 phone calls during the hour, well, maybe not that many, 10 or 15 phone calls during the hour. And to me, this was what America, the America I grew up with, I thought, the America that I love was all about, was us expressing our, our freedom of speech to talk about the, our opinions of what actually happened. 
and it was a great show. And, and that scares me when you tell me that that kind of thing may not be allowed in the future. It just scares me, Brian. Well, I look at what uh, big tech has done and it, this is the most historic shift I can remember seeing in my lifetime in that big tech is in conjunction with, with some people in big government um, doing a very, very good job of silencing a huge swath of the political spectrum through the control of those different, uh, you know, big tech apps, the social media giants and so forth. And, you know, those the capitalists who say, well, it's their private property, they can do what they want. Absolutely. You're right. But I like how Glenn Greenwald puts it. He says, if all the telecommunications giants unite to announce liberals are banned from their telephone service because they spread conspiracies about Russia and promoted violent protest, and liberals scream censorship, he says, tell them it's no big deal. They can still communicate by telegram. <laughs> dot, 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 dash, 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 I guess, huh? I mean, Andy, I know that uh, what you are describing, what you had with that great show, and I don't doubt, in, in times of crisis... This is this is unfortunately where some of some of the best radio programming is going to come from because it's timely and it's needed and people are drawing together to find out you know well what what can we think about this or what should we think about it there are a lot of people looking at that that crowd at the um, Capitol and I'm not talking about the ones necessarily that just broke in but they're looking at the people who showed up to that rally and thinking these people look like me yeah they don't look like a bunch of crazy people in buffalo horns you know running around you know taking the speaker's podium or whatever. He goes, most of those people, I just think that most of those people are there for the, um, for the right reasons. And we, we identify with that. It's not because we are, you know, infatuated by Trump. We just, we understand, we want to stand for this country. We want to stand for good, honest government. And right now, it's, it is frightening. And I don't mean to be a downer, but it's, it's scary to see the speed with which those who are in power and who perceive they'll have even more power, you know, after Inauguration Day, they are moving to consolidate their control way ahead of the starter's gun. I mean, it's it, may, it makes me go, what what is going on? What's the end game here? A, a month ago, I created a parlor account. Uh, in the last week, I've gotten probably a half dozen invitations, uh, you know, to join parlor or to be friends with someone on parlor. Parlor, for now, anyway, is is dead in the water. Um, yep. and, and I'm sitting there, Brian, I mean, what, what can we do at this point? Uh, is there something, you know, Andy Griffin can do at this point or, or, you know, John Smith or whoever is here in town. Okay. At an individual level, be very careful about the information that you're taking in. And that doesn't mean don't look for more and more information, but just think carefully before you, you jump on a particular bandwagon. There's a lot of incredible conspiracy theories coming forward because in times of crisis, that thing tends to be exacerbated. See, this explains, this explains. So, Approach that with caution. It's hard not to be misled, but try to be informed. Do not overdose on fear. If you're going to most mm. mainstream news outlets, you are going to be fearful within a matter of minutes of, of accessing their material. It's by design. So be careful. Know that there are people who are trying to scare you. Um, Andy, this is, I would say this is the time to support your local media. This is the time to rally behind Andy and behind the station if you hear of advertisers being pressured to uh, pull their advertising, make your voice heard. Let them know. We will support you. This is, I don't, I, this, this is a battle, Andy. It's being fought on a battlefield of ideas, but um, I've never had a more real sense of, wow, there are people out there who, who seriously feel 
morally justified. I mean, this is like French revolutionary justified to silence as many people on the other side of the political line from them as possible. And that's that's kind of spooky. And if we take a left turn somewhere, that's for sure. All right, Brian, we got time for a couple of calls. You okay with that? Let's do it. All right, caller, you're, oh, I just hung up on Brian. <laughs> All right, we're going to get Brian back. Uh, but in the meantime, what, what's on your mind? Oh, well, you kind of stole my thunder when you talked about Parler because I just found out about that just an hour ago. Um, the the push is on, folks. Um, Commissar Biden hasn't even been sworn in yet, and the push is already on. So, you know, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Just remember, as this progresses and rolls and starts to steamroll you, if you were an anti-Trumper or you voted for Biden, this is exactly what you voted for. And I think that's a message that needs to be put out, that uh, if you hated Trump and voted against him and voted for Biden specifically, you voted for this. This is your fault. Your vote helped cause this. And... You know, George Orwell was only 36 years late about when he wrote 1984, and that was in 1949, if I remember right, when he wrote that. So I don't know. I mean, hey, maybe these Biden supporters, these, you know, Harris supporters, whatever, maybe they want this to become the SSSA, the Soviet Socialist States of America. Maybe that's what they want. But... You go back and look every time stuff like this happens. The people that push it in the beginning and really want it, they usually end up becoming fodder very fast. The professional agitators that bring it in, they're that. They're professional agitators. And these dictators that finally get control end up getting rid of them really, really fast because they are agitators. So if you're for this, just remember... Go back and, and study history before it gets deleted, <laughs> um, and you'll find, you know, if you really, if you're sitting there going, yeah, this is great, I'm all for this, and you're pushing for it, and you're out there actively, you know, planting this, just go back and look, because you're probably going to be one of the first ones that's going to get eradicated when they finally take control. Right. Well, that was a positive thought. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree with with much of what he's saying there. Um, I, I don't. I, I got to tell you though, there's one place where I do disagree, and that is don't use guilt to try to motivate people to action. I had I had somebody pull this on me over the weekend. Well, see what your Trump, what your vote for Trump brought. Are you happy with that? And I'm just like, really? I, I won't be invited to a struggle session either on the left or the right. But if you want to motivate people to positive action, a better way is to say, look, this is what I'm involved in. This is my crusade. And if you can get them to at least say, I see the problem here, then you ask them, wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to be a hero in helping to make sure that you know, we solve this problem as opposed to you're guilty <laughs> or this is all on you? I'm, just, I'm only suggesting it's, it's a more productive way, but uh, we, we have enough contention. We should each be doing our best not to bring more anger to an already difficult situation. There was a, a string, a Facebook string uh, that my son was involved with and some other relatives of mine. It was very contentious. These are people who love and are related to each other. Very contentious. And one of the persons on that string was, well, my son had put the statement, uh, uh, you know, 
the death of free speech, talking about Parler and Facebook banning President Trump, and 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 then of course Parler being shut down, and, or not Parler banning, but Parler being shut down, and and uh, right. He uh, he said, well, and my one of the other relatives that was on there said, oh, you mean free speech like this? And then they quoted a few of the radicals who had posted on oh. Parler and and <laughs> basically using trying to use our words against it, their words against us. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of plays into what you were saying, Brian. Yeah, it's look, we we are not going to find a, a easy way through the solution. But uh, if if you can just be the best person you can be. That goes a long ways in knowing what to do, you know, when, when you find yourself, you know, either discussing with somebody or, you know, in hand-to-hand combat in the street with them. Okay, not that, but. No, please. <laughs> All right, let's take one I, more I, call. I, somebody, somebody, sent, somebody sent me a picture over the weekend that I thought was really apt, and it was a guy sitting there drinking a can of beer with uh, his assault rifle and tons of magazines on the table in front of him and, uh, oh, and a gas mask. And it said, this is how half the country looks right now. Mm, yeah. I saw some of those. At the I don't gun. want to be that. I saw some of those at the gun show this weekend, by the way. But uh, all right, let's take one more call, and then I know you have to get to work. Uh, uh, caller, you're on with, with Andy and with Brian Hyde. Turn your radio down. Hi, Brian. Uh, Hello, it's, uh, Scott. Right? Is, yep, it is. And I've been thinking about what we could do. Voting anymore doesn't seem like to be, at least on a nationwide basis, doesn't seem to be the avenue to really get the kind of change we need and i've been trying to think of things that might work what do you think of starting a third party and making it a truly conservative uh you know party um maybe that would split things up in washington and make things different what do you think i think there have been a lot of third parties that have been trying to do that for a long time and i don't know what the I don't know what the magic formula is that will get enough people to unite behind, you know, an alternative. Um, we, we have a lot of inertia right now. People are stuck in the two-party system. I think it's a great idea. I think for that idea to come to fruition, a lot of change is going to have to happen at the personal level first and then trickle on up. Well, we've got to do something because things are unraveling at a fairly fast rate, and, and I just don't like uh, the way I see things headed, so... Yeah, agreed. All right, Brian, I know you have to get ready for your show, and uh, and I, I really appreciate you taking some time today. We hate to be doomsayers, and you're right, we shouldn't be, right. be ruled by fear. It's, well, there's there's something to be said for facing facts squarely, and, and I think, you know, we have to do that. But at the same time, you know, let's let's keep a sense of good spirit about us. You know, all is not lost, and there's there's quite a lot of funny stuff. Thank goodness for memes. If you need to laugh, <laughs> find some good memes. Yeah, that's right. Like the dude carrying the podium and a couple of memes that have come across there. Just, well, Google it. It's pretty, I don't know if you can Google it. The guy taking a political stand. Ah, <laughs> there we go. All right, Brian, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for coming on today. Catch his show Saturdays you, and Sundays, 6 a.m., 6 p.m. Thanks, Brian. Welcome, Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in today. Been a lively show already. Thank you for those that have called, those that are trying to call, those that are on hold. We've got a lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, about a month ago, um, I, I had an offer. I was invited to a meeting from an activist group. I'm not going to say what the group is, but uh, I was invited to go to a meeting. Um, I initially said, yeah, yeah, I'll be there because I support their cause. Uh, but... 
I'm realizing because I'm in a public job and uh, I have a boss, uh, I actually called my boss and called called the boss right above me. And uh, he said, I don't know, you need to talk to the GM. And so I called the GM and the GM said, well, I don't think you should go to that meeting. I said, well, but I, I, I've openly supported this cause on my show. He says, yeah, but, but you being there representing the entire entirety of, of Cherry Creek is not uh, a message we want to send. And so I said, well, okay. So I, the person that invited me to the meeting, I, I, I texted him. I said, hey, I, I'm, you know, I talked to my GM, and I'm not going to be able to come to the meeting. Uh, he feels like it's gonna, it would make a political statement. And um, the person replied to me, well, you just made, your company just made a political statement by saying that you can't come to the meeting. And I was like, well, okay, hold on a second. Maybe you're right, but that's not my political statement personally. I just want to keep my job. And, uh, and that person who invited me apologized. I said, okay, you're, I, I understand. It, it makes sense to me. And honestly, keeping my job uh, would do a hundred times was a hundred times more valuable than me actually attending that meeting because in keeping my job, I can help promote a, a, you know a, a topic that I believe in, a, a, an issue I believe in. So, uh, but you know, when when I was talking with Brian, we were talking about censorship, and apparently, Mark Levin, Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, in the uh, I forget the name of the the group that that uh, uh, kind of owns them owns their shows, they have been told to not talk about election fraud anymore. That if they come out, come to the table with the idea that the, the election was fraudulent, that they are in danger of losing their employment. Um, first of all, knowing Levin in particular, Mark Levin is going to be like, well, screw that. I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and you can just deal with it. Uh, Shapiro, I'm not sure about. He's an incredibly intelligent guy, but... He's a company guy. He, he might not talk about certain things if he's told not to talk about them. But that then all brought it to, to me, and I'm like, okay, what if I get told, hey, you will not talk about election fraud anymore. You will not come out as saying that you thought the, the election was fraudulent, and if you do, you're in danger of losing your job. Now, again, I was tested a month ago when I was told not to go to this meeting or, or you know, my they didn't say you would be fired. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but they said they didn't think it was a good idea. And the implication was there was, well, you listen to the boss or you, you know, face the repercussions. So now as I think about it, what if Cherry Creek media comes to me and says, Hey, uh, let it go, man. The election wasn't fraudulent and you can't say it was anymore. Uh, what would I do? And and I can honestly answer to you, to you right now that I, I don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, I like to say I've already drawn a line in the sand and I would, uh, you know, say whatever I say. But uh, the truth of the matter is I have a wife and kids. I have a family and a, whole, a house payment. The whole works and losing a job would be very difficult for me. That being said, I got fired for uh, drawing a line in the sand a couple of years ago. Uh, about three years ago, I was told by uh, my boss at the time that worked for another media group here in town that uh, I would um, publish some things that were not true. I told him I wouldn't do that. In fact, I called the boss a liar to his face, which you don't want to do that uh, if the boss is any sense, is sensitive at all. So I got, I got fired about three years ago for, for drawing a line in the sand. Wouldn't surprise me if I did that again. If my ethics or my, my 
I try to be as honest as I know how. I try to tell it like I feel it. <laughs> and uh, honestly, if I got told I couldn't do that, uh, I'm, I, who knows, I may get fired again. I hope not. Uh, but that hasn't happened yet, and I hope that it doesn't. And uh, now we're going to take some phone calls. Uh, Seth, what's going on this morning? Is that me? That's you. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, at, at this point, our president, current president, that serves until the 20th, his, his term isn't over today or tomorrow, but on the 20th. Yep. And impeaching him and trying to try him before the Senate is another uh, – he'll have a double asterisk after his name, impeach twice. And uh, I think there was another president way back when that got the same. So he needs to find a way to get impeached three times so Ooh. he can have three <laughs> asterisks after his name. Maybe if he slaps Nancy or something, that would get it done, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, – in those eight and a half days, I wonder if he could declassify all of the dirty secrets mm. that are being held, and they're classified, and they can't be revealed to the public. But the president of the United States is the ultimate classifier. That's right. That's and right. he decides which ones can be released. Now, with stuff that Snowden came up with, and you remember Bush 41 funeral, where little envelopes fell out of certain people's programs, all <laughs> on national TV. Of course, uh, Vice President Pence got one of those little envelopes, too, indicating they or someone has something on them that even though Pence was supposed to um, rule or, or take uh, into advisement the uh, challenges to the election, uh, because of the invasion and that they were terrified and people were waving guns around in, in the chamber, um, supposedly security, he uh, found a way not to to be able to be, to be heard completely and accepted the fraudulent information that was uh, uh, the election and the dead people and the people voting three and four times. Oh, they were, that, that was just uh, an anomaly, and it wasn't enough to change the election. And I, I, I'm not going to believe that at all. But the most important election for Washington County, uh, there are 10 or 11, maybe more by now, people who have filed in our community to become our mayor. That's right. And, Look at the I've list right now. I've been on the phone this morning talking uh, last Friday to all of the county or the city councilmen, and I've been trying to ascertain who's filed. And at this point, uh, the lady at elections over at the uh, county is not there today or answering calls. And uh, I've tried and tried. I, I went to St. George News. And so far, I think the people who have filed, it's a secret. And maybe President Trump would have to declassify that. Mm. I'm but, joking. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, okay, well, well so, isn't, isn't the list that's on the website right now, isn't that them? I, I mean, I'm looking at the list of 11 people. Are you? Um, yeah. How did you? I can't find that website. Just went to sgcity.org and then clicked on vacancy for St. George City Mayor. 
and it, it outlines what, you know, all the stuff that you have to have and do. And then at the bottom of the list, as of last Friday, so obviously there's probably a few more uh, as of Well, no, today. I think they closed on Friday. I, I thought, no, I, it's open till today. I don't know if it today, was... Today, okay. Yeah. Do you mind reading those? Because it's really important to yes. us. I will read them very quickly. Richard Kirkwood, Ron Woodbury, George Whitehead, Joshua Dutson, Catherine Novick, <clears throat> excuse me, Gregory Aldred, Craig Segmiller, Mark Smith, Sidney Stoker, Michelle Randall, who is currently on the council, Robert Mitchell, and Austin Hafen. That's the list of 11. Jimmy Hughes's name was not on there as of Friday. Well, because he's the mayor currently, right? Well, I think he still has to apply. So I'm guessing he, he, does, I, I, he told me on the show on Thursday that he had, they, you have till midnight tonight to file. So I'm guessing he just hasn't filed yet. Okay, well, I, I guess I didn't see the tab, so I could click it. But uh, I, I'm going to be busy. I'm going to talk to each one of them. Good for you. Do it, do it, Seth. Appreciate it. All right. It. Thank you so much. Okay, see you later. Let's go to line two. Dale, thank you for being patient. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Um, all blown up. I think you, you guys on the right are, are, are crazy. Uh, spouting more and more election fraud. They've shut it all down. The Georgian... Uh, AG shut it all down. Uh, I wish he'd stop talking about it. It's just propaganda, and it's causing all these problems in, in Washington. So I, I, you should stop talking about it, and they should stop them from talking about it. It's just spreading lies and more lies and more lies from the right. Sorry, buddy, but uh, save your job and, and stop talking about it. So you, you believe there was no election fraud whatsoever? Yeah, maybe one or two dead people that voted. That's all they said in Georgia, too. And Trump says 5,000. It's just a bunch of lies. Everybody can believe uh, Trump and his lies. He's the biggest liar that I've ever seen in my life. And, and, and what, keep, what, what about the hundreds of people who filed affidavits with the court that, that they witnessed election fraud? And they've all been shut down by the courts. Everyone, 60 out of 60 law cases, shut down. Give it a break. Mm. It's just sore losers. It's really, really sore losers. You lost to the left and give it up. All right. Thank you for the call. Interesting take there. Uh, apparently, we're all sore losers, uh, but but the hundreds of affidavits, not 60, hundreds of affidavits filed. All those people under, under penalty of perjury of law filed an affidavit, and apparently, they're all liars and want to go to jail. That's, that's his take on this, I suppose. All right. Uh, Got to get a commercial break in. Dale was very patient being on the phone line, but he sure, uh, I guess, we, he stewed in his own juices there for a few minutes because uh, his take on this one was uh, really, really, uh, in my mind, uh, off. Maybe a Californian moved into, moved into Utah. Don't California my Dixie is what one of the T-shirts says, by the way. Uh, okay, Joe Shoney is a, a local loan consultant. His specialty is customer service. And uh, Joe, so... Say you need a loan. Now, I've, I've had, I don't know, a handful of loans in my life, five, six, seven home loans in my life. And uh, I've had all kinds of loan officers. And I can tell you, most the modus operandi of most loan officers is, I'm only going to talk to you if I have to talk to you, and please don't call me. That, that's kind of, I'm not saying all loan officers are that way, but a lot of them are. And uh, Joe's not that way. Joe and his wife, Sue, they... Their whole goal is to have you involved. Not, not that you are responsible for a lot of stuff, but that you know what's going on every single step of the way. 
And uh, that's his specialty, and that's why he gets an amazing 4.91 out of 5 stars in online reviews. It's a phenomenal number, really, if you think about that. I mean, all of us have bad days, right? Not Joe. He keeps you involved. Here's the latest review. This is from uh, Raynan. says, I appreciate Joe and his team. They were all very good to work with. And then right after that, Nick, he says, Joe and his team were very good at communicating on what was needed. They answered all my questions, always with patience and follow-up. A great experience. Five stars. It's Joe Shoney. He is the uh, loan specialist uh, who will keep you involved. His phone number is 435-590-6300. Back in 90 seconds. Time is drawing nigh. We've got about to seven or eight minutes left in the program. Taking your phone calls. Love to hear from you. Six seven three five eight nine zero. Let's go right to the phone lines. Uh, hi, you're on with Andy. We didn't catch your name, but uh, welcome to the program. Are you talking to me? Yes, ma'am. How are you? <laughs> Good morning. I enjoy your show so much. Thank you. And I felt like I just wanted to make one comment, and that is if you really want to be canceled, start talking about what prophets of old and even modern-day prophets know and and foretold about our day. They saw our day. They knew what was coming. They warned us. But if you really don't want to enter in, you know, if you really want to battle and be canceled, talk <laughs> about that. That's, yeah. that's the fight we're in today yeah. is a religious one. So that's all I had to say. Okay. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Yes. Bye. Bye. Uh, first of all, I do not want to be canceled. She knows that. She was being sarcastic. But uh, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm not afraid to say that I am a religious person. And uh, a lot of those words, prophetic words from old, were you know, words that uh, I agree with. I don't know if these are the end of times, folks. Uh, but um, it's, you know, it's, it's scary times, certainly. But, we don't, you know, let's try and take some of the emotion out. Let's... let's uh, Let's go to line two. Caller, you're on with Andy. How are you today? Andy? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I got you. Yeah, Andy, you're on. A couple of weeks ago, I was on, and I asked Pike to resign, and <laughs> he resigned on Monday. <laughs> Way to go, man. <laughs> but with, yeah, <laughs> right on, bro. Uh, but with everything that it, this morning and what I've seen over the weekend with the news blackout on the president, Mm-hmm. This is exactly why we have the Second Amendment. And this is a call of arms all the citizens in this country. The militias must be organized now. It's kind of scary. You're talking about violence. Looking at the power of the people, as soon as they do that, they're going to see, hey, wait a minute. They got all these people that are very unhappy. They may take a different turn. That's all I'm saying. I don't. I don't. I don't advocate violence in any form. Okay. I don't want to see that happen. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. But what I'd like to see happen is uh, Trump pull the military card and do that, and then we're done with this. See what happens then. All right. Thank you, Walter. Appreciate the call. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Um, th- th- this program again i don't think walter was wanted violence but this program does not in any way shape or form advocate any kind of violence uh that being said uh i believe it's important for us to be armed in our homes in case there is the occasion uh, possibility that it happens and by the way i went to the gun show on saturday uh there everybody was wearing masks good good for them uh and and the place was packed 
it was, you know, it was packed. So um, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know that that's any kind of message for anyone. I'm just telling you that Americans, and by the way, guns that were going for $330 uh, a month ago are going for $600 now because of the demand. In fact, I was looking at a gun uh, and I was, I was talking with my son. We kind of had gone aside and, and talked to my son about whether or not I should do the deal and stuff. And before I could get back to the table, a guy had shown up with $600 bills and, and, and basically um, went ahead and bought the gun out from under me. Was I mad? No, not really. Because I was vacillating. I was going back and forth. I'm like, man, $600 for a gun that was, you know, 350 a, a month ago. I, I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to do it, but uh, yeah, I, basically I, I, I hesitated and I lost and that's the way things go sometimes when, when you're shopping. But uh, again, having said that, uh, I, I've talked about it many times on this show. I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy, I, I think I would have a really hard time pulling the trigger, even if my own life was on the line. I think I would have a hard time with that uh, just because ending another, but if you've ever hit an animal with your car and killed an animal, a dog or a cat, I'm, I guess some of you can just say, oh, well, tough luck, shouldn't have been in the road. I'm not that type of person. It, it, it is hard. It, it, it hurts me inside to end another creature's life. And I know I'm sounding, I sound a little soft right now, don't I, huh? Deer hunting, whatever, I, I'm not a hunter. Last time I hunted was in uh, 1983. Last time I went hunting was 1983, and some of you are going, wow, what a, what a wuss. And, and, and I'm not anti-hunting. If you want to hunt, if you feel like it's something that's important to you, go for it. You know, that, I got no problem with that. It's just not for me. My son hunts with his father-in-law. They go out and deer hunting, elk hunting. Uh, I forget what else they've hunted. They hunted several different creatures. Uh, and that's, you know, go for it. If you want to do that, I, I'm fine with that. But um, I, that's, that's not for me. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, I, I might give my own life in, in a situation where it was tough, but I'm not willing to sacrifice the, wife of, uh, the life of my wife and my kids. And, uh, you know, the old, the old daddy bear, you heard the, the phrase mama bear, the old daddy bear comes, if you, you know, if someone threatens uh, my wife or my kids, then that, that's a whole different animal right there, so to speak. 9.58 on KDX, you might have time for one more call, 673-5890. One more call if you want to get in on the program. Uh, and if you want to call, call, you know, call in and call me a wimp for not being a hunter, that, that's fine, too. I'm okay with that. Uh, like I said, I'm not anti-hunting. I just don't want to do it myself. That's, that's not my thing. I'd rather throw the football or go swimming or, or something like that. But um, Okay, uh, we are down to, again, about to the last minute or so of the program. Now, uh, coming up this week, let's see, tomorrow I had a really cool author lined up, and uh, – I got a text during the program uh, that this author has an unavoidable, uh, I don't know, I think they said sickness or, or under the weather or something like that, and I'm thinking maybe COVID because of these times that we're in. And uh, so uh, she will not be on the air tomorrow. We'll find another guest for you. I promise you that. i got a couple of standbys I'll go to. Uh, Wednesday, Washington County School District, Terry and Steve will be here. And Thursday, we've got Mayor Nielsen and uh, one of the one of his cohorts there in Washington City. All right, let's do it. we got about 30 seconds. Uh, one more call. Who's this? My name's Richard. Richard, hey, thanks for calling. Uh, I could care less if you hunt, but what's really ma- re- really matters if 
we fight for each and everyone's individual freedoms to do as they please as long as it doesn't break the law. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. And we're with this censorship coming up, we're getting stuff. We're not, we're not being allowed to do as we please. It seems like uh, uh, lately completely out of control. This, this, uh, liberal government. Thanks, Ant. For sure. Thanks for the call, Richard. Appreciate it. We're out of time, folks. Thank you for tuning in today. We'll have more open lines in the second half of tomorrow's show, plus a special guest. Uh, Thanks for tuning in.